Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of ASN's one-stop strategy podcast where we review all the latest and greatest news in the world of Formula One. My name is Will Knight and I am joined by Max Dymel and Davide Biniz. Max, Davide, it's certainly been a fantastic season so far, but most recently we actually went to Russia for the Russian Grand Prix. What are your feelings of that Grand Prix and how it panned out? Um, so I kind of saw the Russian Grand Prix in two sides. On one side, it was a typical boring F1 race um, concerning the front. Bottas won from Verstappen and Hamilton, profited from a penalty for Hamilton, and also drove an excellent race. But um, what for me was the most exciting thing in the race really was the midfield fight and also the fights between Lando, Albon and Gasly and also George Russell at the beginning of the race uh, were the things which were amazing for me in that race. But in general, to sum it up, I would say it was a, wa- a rather boring race. But after the exciting races we had in Italy, I think it was morely time for a boring race to then move on onto hopefully a banger at the Nürburgring. Yeah, I can agree with Max, of course. Uh, it wasn't the best race of the season, but uh, the the fight in the midfield was uh, was amazing. And yeah, uh, of course, Mercedes winning, so um, normal race in my opinion. And obviously, I think the most controversial aspect of that Grand Prix was uh, certainly Lewis Hamilton's mishap during the opening um section of qualifying and then obviously his two penalties during the race obviously as personally in my opinion those penalties were deserved for the incident themselves what do you two think should have happened or or was it justified reasoning for the stewards handing out the penalties just give us your thoughts on that uh so obviously first of all we can say that this season is kind of the season of the rule book being completely yeah used for every single aspect and uh i kind of didn't know why he got penalized at first but at the end uh also on youtube there was a video released from formula one themselves where it was really clear that hamilton moved out uh, of the pit lane and wanted to do his practice start on the point where it totally wasn't allowed and where it also was dangerous if a car behind it's just coming at 200 kph or even faster than he's just standing there and it would have been a, a nightmare potentially um so yeah he asked on the radio if he's allowed to do so his team said yes you are uh, and this term both driver and team are to blame for the incident and in my opinion the penalty was also correct and deserved because of course it wasn't in the race but it still is something which wasn't that clever and also forbidden so i think every everyone else would have got a penalty for that too. Um, I, of course, you can understand Lewis if he's a bit upset with that. Um, but I think in the end, nobody can say, yeah, it wasn't deserved. Um, but I kind of f- thrown my head around in terms of his penalty points he got for that being removed because that's like not such a great move from the FAA. If they give the penalty points to him, it's not that cool to just take them back um, because he's kind of in a in a risk also um and if he would have a race ban it would clearly be something which could decide the championship and in my opinion these points should have stayed but Davide, what do you think about that whole situation with lewis 
Yeah, of course, in my opinion, the penalty is deserved. Uh, he didn't respect the rule and there was a mistake both from uh, him and from the team because as we as we've heard from the from the team radio, the team gave him the possibility the gave said to him that he could do that even though it was dangerous. So the penalty was deserved. And yeah, I didn't like the uh, what FIA did after after giving him the penalty because he risked the the race ban. And they decided to give him back the points. I don't know. They think they thought about that, and yeah, um, the penalty points uh, should have remained, should have stayed. And yeah, it's uh, Mercedes this this year with Hamilton is doing some mistakes. They are not perfect, but he's still first in the championship. But this time Bottas could deliver. Uh, finally, he he won the race when Hamilton uh, was struggling, and maybe he can challenge uh, him for the for the championship. It's not over yet. I think realistically that Russia has just sort of cemented the fact that although many of the fans and much of the Formula One paddock is saying that Mercedes is at their best that they've been so far, Lewis Hamilton is in the best form that he's been. I think in in my personal opinion, I'd actually disagree with that all considering they haven't. There's been so many little incidents. Bottas has not been as good as he was last season. Hamilton's been making so many stupid mistakes. And obviously the team with strategy calls such as the the two British races, which ended up one of them Verstappen winning and one of them ended up um, with Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas both getting punctures. I think realistically, we have to look at this season and just consider the fact that maybe Mercedes aren't as a well-oiled machine as they've been made out to be in the media. Yeah, actually, you're right, Will. Um, they're not perfect this year, and I think that they built uh, such a strong car that that that's why they're first in the championship. Because if their rivals, for example, the Red Bull or or Ferrari, um, if they could have built a, a more prefer- a better car, they could be maybe there for the championship as well. And Mercedes could be struggling a lot, and we wouldn't be here talking about Mercedes domin- dominance in, in Formula 1. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. What, what do you think, Max? Uh, I agree with both of you. I very much agree with Will saying that Mercedes isn't doing a perfect season. I think no team is actually doing. They all have their mistakes. But uh, if we compare this season from Mercedes to the previous ones, it really is a season where they struggle a lot. Uh, for example, last year they had this this struggles at races like um, Brazil, like Germany. But these were only two to three races. But now, as you've mentioned, we had the two British races. Um, we also had Italy, where it completely went uh, went wrong for Mercedes. Now we had Russia. So apparently, I think it's the easiest season for all other teams to beat Mercedes since a long time, because their car is without doubt the quickest car. Um, on the grid we've seen that in qualifying many times but also there they proved that they can struggle uh, at Russia but um, yeah I think Mercedes is just as they said profiting from their car being so strong Uh, I mean from the beginning of the season on when they introduced Daz everyone knew okay Mercedes could go completely wild in this season and apparently also Ferrari then lacking of pace Red Bull lacking of two competitive drivers for the win and Mercedes just being the most let's say experienced ones uh, for winning races and the strategy at the front um, is in the end the key point 
why I still think that Mercedes will win the season, but also with a view on the next year and especially 2022, um, we possibly could see an end to their dominance because this year could also be kind of a start to a fall down for the German team. And just to add on to that point as well, obviously we've still got the elusive nature of Hamilton's contract uh, still hasn't been signed, obviously. The Brit yet to make a deal with Mercedes for 2021 and 2022, which is it's highly believed that he'll be signing a contract for the next couple of years. But right now, we've seen Hamilton start his own um, Extreme E team. Obviously, he's got his fashion brand. He's got his deal with Monster. I, this is an age-old question in terms of Lewis Hamilton, with many people questioning it, his external formula one interest like his fashion like obviously rapping with the um the recent his like recent release that i think it was in uh, Quist, uh christina aguilera song um pipes i believe it was called like is that something he'll be looking to extend in his life obviously he's he's i think everyone can agree right now that on his current form however many penalty points he's going to be getting in the season, he will most likely match Michael Schumacher's win tally and his championships, at least, obviously. But after that, when you have become essentially what is the most successful Formula One driver, do you think Hamilton will want to extend that? Or maybe it's time for him to move on to other things in life? That's a very good point you're mentioning there. Um, of course, Lewis Hamilton hasn't got a contract for the next season. Um it is also from some news report I've written said uh, that he that it is kind of because of the, the gauge that he's getting, uh, that they argue in debt, or also that Hamilton wants to, to focus on other things like his end racism campaign and just not focus on the on the contract first. But these are all rumors. And Toto Wolf also said that it, it is only a matter of time. And I think this is also the most likely, likely uh, thing which is going to happen, that he's going to extract his contract. Mercedes still is a brilliant team. He is just, yeah, he can either choose from, yeah, I stay at the best team or I'm going to retire. I can't can't imagine anything else, a switch or something like that, but you never know. It's motorsport. That's why we follow it. Um, but also the fact that you've mentioned all the outside things uh, Lewis is involved in outside of Formula One, outside of the Formula One bubble. Um, I've actually also um, thought about it Actually, if he would retire after the season, he would have had. Uh, he's going to have so many other projects. Um, he's likely uh, the new record holder of F one in terms of wins, and also can equal Michael Schumacher's championship records. He can do a Nico Rosberg really saying, "Yeah, I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve." For Rosberg, it was the one championship win, and now he's elsewhere, also um, participating in investments. And Lewis can exactly do the same. He can say, yeah, mission accomplished. I accomplished to be one of the most successful ones. Um, probably also due to Michael, he's saying, yeah, I don't want to extract the, the amount of championships. I personally don't think so that he's going to do that. But I think that we shouldn't be surprised if he is doing that step. I don't think Lewis will retire at, at the end of this year. I, he will keep going with Mercedes. You know, they are the best team in Formula 1. And I think he will try to break even more records. Uh, maybe he will go for the 8th or ninth championship and he will try to score the most the most wins that, that, he, that he can. And of course, yeah, he's involved in many things outside of Formula 1. So when he will decide to retire, he will surely have um, a plan B. Maybe you know, I think he also built a, 
a team, a racing team. So I don't, he has a lot of things to do. But as soon as the car is competitive and the team supports him, he will try to, to stay. He will remain in Formula One and he will uh, try to win and uh, outscore everyone on the grid. I, I think especially now that there is that so much to do outside of his uh, Formula One career. And obviously Mercedes now, they have another driver on the market which could be scouted in the future. I just want to talk about that as well in the form of Max Verstappen. Obviously the other day we, we learned that Honda are actually going to be pulling the plug on their F1 project to, uh, according to their own words, focus on a more sustainable future. It was slightly contrasted by the fact that they're committed to IndyCar for the future seasons, who I, I still don't believe have actually introduced even a hybrid power unit, let alone an electric one. But I think that's a, an element for the uh, the IndyCar podcast that they those guys can cover over there. But uh, Max, Honda pulling out of Formula One, is that a surprise for you? And if so, what is the biggest ramification that you're looking forward in terms of that partnership ending? It totally was a surprise for me. I think it came totally out of the blue. Nobody could say that uh, Honda is just saying, yeah, we leave F1 because we want to achieve our goal with uh, zero calm in 2050. Um, I think it could be um, a scenario that Honda says, yeah, we are the first ones to leave the sport uh, to achieve our goals. Uh, maybe also other uh, suppliers can do that move. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, overall, very, very surprising, as I've said. And now we have the scenario of Red Bull and AlphaTauri being without a supplier for 2022, which is, of course, not the worst thing because you can all, always search for a supplier. And I think Red Bull currently is the best team uh, you can have as a supplier because they are the strongest team which, hasn't, which uh, isn't having an own manufacturer. And yeah, they are like the best candidates um, for suppliers themselves. Um, let's just see what will happen. It is very likely, I think, that an outside supplier will come in. I don't see Mercedes or Ferrari supplying Red Bull and AlphaTauri. Maybe AlphaTauri, um, but I think that Red Bull wants to keep a supply for both of their teams. And another important fact is that if they can't find a supplier until 2022, the team with the fewest um, customers has to supply them, which is Renault, actually. So it would be the rebirth of Red Bull Renault, um, which could be good or bad, because on one hand, the relationship between Red Bull and Renault didn't end very uh, well. There were many reliability issues, um, but Renault is also willing to supply them if they have to. David, do you think a rebirth of Red Bull Renault can happen in 2022? I think that it will happen. Uh, I don't think that Mercedes and Ferrari will supply um, Red Bull, as you said. So I think that yeah, um, they they won't find a new a new engine supplier, so they will have to go back to Red to Renault. Sorry, and um, yeah, I I didn't see that coming actually. Uh, Honda leaving Formula One, and no one saw that coming, I guess. But I, I'm sure that Red Bull already has uh, a plan B because you always have to have one in Formula One. And if they left Formula One, they are, they, I think that uh, they, they had already talked with, uh, with the Red Bull team. What do you think, Will? 
Well, I, I'm not entirely sure what um, Red Bull are going to be doing with their their engine partner. Obviously, I'd love to see a brand new manufacturer come in and uh, sort of uh, take up Honda's project from where they left off. Obviously, Honda have stated that they're bringing in a new engine uh, concept for next year to try and help Red Bull get that championship in the last year of their contracts. So maybe I don't know, a, a Jaguar or a Chevrolet could come in and um, take up that project. Although highly unlikely, it would be absolutely amazing to see such a big brand come in and help uh, Red Bull and establish their own place in Formula One with the new sustainability coming in. That's going to be a massive, massive area of focus uh, for the new manufacturers in terms of the, uh, the future of cars. But what I do know is that Christian Horner will probably be, uh, to use a, uh, a British term, I'm not sure if um, you guys have heard this one, but he'll be swallowing the biggest slice of humble pie in Formula One history, if he has to go back to Renault, he will fundamentally want that as his last option to work with Cyril Bitbull again. He won't want to work with him. Uh, and in my opinion, one other driver, uh, one other member of that team who definitely won't want to work with him is Max Verstappen. He was a key part of getting that engine out of the team. Uh, Verstappen was a massive, massive critic of, of Renault, especially the most famous one, I think, especially would be Hungary 2018. He uh, showed a lot of rage in terms of that debacle and his engine failing there. And that's why I led on from from the Hamilton point with it, is I think in the next couple of years, if Lewis Hamilton chooses to leave Mercedes or Valtteri Bottas chooses, or not really chooses, but he, he gets kicked out of the team perhaps, we could see an all-star lineup of Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen at Mercedes. Max, obviously you're you're German. You must have some form of pride because Mercedes is a German manufacturer. They're, they are holding the German flag. Would you like to see that lineup for an, an ultimate dominant championship fight in the coming years? Um, so, yeah, first of all, you said that uh, Mercedes is holding up the German pride. They are indeed. Um, but I think as long as Sebastian Vettel is saying to the sport, um, for example, German TV is more interested in, in Vettel than in Mercedes, which is pretty interesting. So kind of the vibe which Mercedes has in Germany itself as a brand isn't there um, for the Formula One team. But of course, we can be proud that, uh, or we as Germans can be proud that we are dominating F1, not as drivers, but as a team. Of course, Rosberg was the, and Mercedes winning the championship was the perfect combination there. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, it would be pretty cool to see Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen in a team that would be like the perfect lineup to see an interesting championship fight. But I have to admit that I don't see that coming. Um, there are many arguments which are in my mind concerning that. On one point, I don't think that Lewis Hamilton would want a strong driver like Verstappen next to him. Uh, I think that he wants the number two driver. Uh, next to him and stay a clear number one. He's there uh, at Mercedes to win. And since Nico Rosberg left, I think also Mercedes is not clearly interested in having that tight battle between them and tensions uh, in the team because the time um, between Nico and Lewis got so toxic in the end. Uh, I think the team wasn't liking that at all. Um, on the other hand, we also have George Russell coming up. I can morely imagine George Russell and Max Verstappen um, driving in one team that would be more equal um, but I think as long as Lewis Hamilton is driving at Mercedes there will be no Max Verstappen coming into it although he could be the biggest winner of all the 
Joe with Honda and Red Bull. He can leave the team at the end of uh, 2021 if Honda is leaving. Now Honda has left and Red Bull can be the clear loser. They are losing a team which they wanted to build up a future with after just, I think, yeah, three years. Um, then also Yuki Tsunoda is a big loser. He could apparently lose his seat at, uh, or lose his maybe safe seat at AlphaTauri because Honda was a real big backup from him. In the end, he hasn't got a real backup now as Red Bull isn't such a fan of him. There could be many drivers profiting from it, Kvyat, Vips, um, many opportunities, but that's also another topic. Um, but yeah, anyway, Verstappen, Hamilton, I don't see that in the future, although I think the whole F1 community would love to see it. Um, and we would have amazing championship fights then. But Davide, Verstappen, Hamilton, in the future, what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't. I think that uh, Verstappen and Hamilton would be a dream team, but I agree with, I agree with you, I don't see that coming. Uh, it's maybe it's more probable with uh, a team seeing a team uh, with uh, Lewis Hamilton and uh, George Russell, and I also agree with Will saying uh, that when he said that Max Verstappen was the was a key factor for Renault leaving uh, Red Bull. You know, they didn't finish the their relationship uh, well, um, but yeah, I think they will um, they will be back together in the future, and yeah, uh, I don't I don't think they will. That we will see a team with Hamilton and Verstappen, and Max Verstappen seen as one of the future stars of Formula One. But another, well, in my opinion, very, very, very exciting uh, aspect of the upcoming talent in motorsport being, well, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I'm quite a, a Ferrari admirer. Uh, I, I grew up with them as a kid. I, I was born in the Schumacher era of dominance. And to see the Schumacher name coming in again surely is something many people are going to be quite happy about, as well as uh, also being British. Callum Eilot, a fantastic driver so far in Formula 2 this this year, still in the fight for that championship. And obviously the emerging Robert Schwartzman as well. Ferrari have certainly got quite a few young talents on, on their books. Obviously they had a test, all three of them, uh, this week. Uh, it was covered by many media outlets, purely because it's a fantastic opportunity. Uh, we covered it for a bit over at ASN as well. It was a fantastic image to see all three drivers stood in front of the 2018 Ferrari Max. It's one hell of a thing to see three drivers that young have the chance at a Formula 1 seat, but to have the chance at Formula 1 seat, which later in the future could lead to a drive alongside Charles Leclerc or Carlos Sainz at Ferrari, depending on who Maranello choose to keep on, who would you personally choose to go in a Haas, to go in an Alfa Romeo, or maybe even sometime in the future to put in that scarlet red car? Um, so, yeah, first of all, I think to answer that question, uh, we have to say, yeah, Sainz or Leclerc, who's the future uh, for us at Ferrari? Um, I'm not only a Leclerc fan, but I also think that Leclerc will be the future of Ferrari. Um, I kind of also thought that Ferrari is going to sign uh, Dan Ricciardo to have like a transition driver because Ricciardo is way older than Sainz and he would be at Ferrari for some years and then make a seat empty for another driver reigning up uh, like Schumacher, Schwarzman, Eilert or even another one. The Ferrari Academy has many brilliant talents, but yeah, it's, it's no secret that those three are most likely to get the seat. Um, yeah, so I was pretty surprised of them signing signs, actually. Um, 
pretty much they have a luxury problem now anyway with the three talents um, because Haas and Alfa Romeo are not forced to take them. Of course, Alfa has to take one of them, but if Giovinazzi stays, uh, they don't have to. But I don't think that Giovinazzi will stay. I think that Mick Schumacher um, will be the primary one to move to Alfa Romeo. The Schumacher name, I think it will be back in F1 after his father debuted uh, 30 years ago then. Uh, it will come back. Germany would go crazy then. A shame that uh, F1 will get out of free TV by then. Uh, can't understand that one. Um, so yeah, I think Schumacher to Alfa Romeo may be joined by Robert Schwartzman uh, if Kimi retires, but there are more rumours that he isn't uh, in the past days. So I think that Kimi and uh, Schumacher will make that move, uh, will beat uh, lineup for Alfa Romeo next year. And at Haas, I think it's even more complicated. We have Perez, we have Hulkenberg also aiming for that seed. We have so many drivers. And another problem is also that Haas isn't that much of a brilliant team in Formula 1. The recent results they have uh, they had were not that good. Um, but I think that they will not choose Callum Eilert. They will more prefer Robert Schwartzman because also Günther Stein has commented on him, uh, although Eilert tested for them. But I think that they will stay um, with Magnussen or take Perez. Um, although there's also rumours that Paris said that he doesn't want to go to Haas. But Schumacher, Eilert, Schwartzman, who of them will go to Haas? I think Schwartzman for sure, and possibly Eilert. It's very complicated. We can't see uh, it coming until it is announced. But Davide, what are your predictions? Uh, I agree with you about Alfa Romeo. I think that we will see Schumacher and Kimi Raikkonen. I think that Finn will continue his career, his long, very long career with Formula 1. And about us, yeah, it's very difficult, the situation there. Uh, but I think that they need to, to change uh, the complete lineup if they want to, I don't know, uh, try th- something new, maybe score some points, maybe have a better season. They will have to try and sign two young drivers, which are Eilert and Schwarzman. It's a difficult decision to, to take for a team. And also a, a news that came out in the last days is that Nikita Mazepin is... Maybe his dad wants to buy the team, so he's another driver that can uh, step up to Formula One. And it's yeah, this, it's difficult the, the situation for us. And yeah, I'm very curious about what will happen. What what do you guys think? Um, well, I I don't really want to um to spoil anything, uh, in terms of. Well, uh, the well, I don't know if if it's actually going to be be put in or not. But I wrote an opinion piece about this whole ordeal in terms of the Ferrari junior seats, and I, I think I made it quite clear in that that I'm very very against Kimi Raikkonen staying on for another year because I think Kimi Raikkonen has had such a fantastic Formula One career. He's he's won so many races. He's won that championship in 2007. And he's had so many memorable moments that right now, the only reason, in my opinion, that he is appealing to the fan base is because he is a funny driver, is because he doesn't say much in interviews. And when he does, it's normally uh, a witty or, or small comment. Uh, not many words comes out of him. And although I agree that is that is quite funny, it would be, in my opinion, better to, to see some drivers who are going to have more of a future in Formula 1. So Kimi Raikkonen trundling around at the back of the grid really would just, in my opinion, 
for so many new fans coming into this year will look at Kimi Raikkonen and just think, oh, he's just an old guy driving a Formula One car. When all of the fans who've been around for so much longer will know him as the man who took on Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso in 2007 and came out on top. As well as that, Sergio Perez, in my opinion, uh, is a no-brainer for Haas. He brings sponsorship. He brings a lot of talent. He's one of the best drivers in the midfield. And in in my opinion, Callum Eilott should partner alongside him purely because he's been more consistent than Robert Schwartzman this season. And he's, he's higher in the championship as well. Schwartzman's currently fifth in Formula 2, which has been an incredible downfall for, considering his beginning to the season being so talented he, he presented himself such a calm and consistent driver and suddenly he's 16th in qualifying most days and then having to come back during in the race uh, from his poor qualifying uh, so in my opinion it should be at Haas, Callum Eilat and Sergio Perez and then at Alfa Romeo, Mick Schumacher it's a no-brainer in terms of his talent his marketability, he's practically a gold mine for any marketing department which he goes to, he's the son of seven-time Formula 1 world champion Michael Schumacher and in my other opinion, who better to learn from him than a driver who is German who is experienced in the midfield he was talented in GP2 will most likely win uh, will most likely be similar to Mick Schumacher in the fact he won GP2 and that's Nico Hulkenberg because he came back in Silverstone he impressed with third place on his debut and only was beaten by Lance Stroll and Alex Albon because he had to come in for a precautionary pit stop so in my opinion it's a no-brainer for Alfa Romeo to take him on for maybe one maybe two years when they try and get that car development back up on top for the upcoming era. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. Hulkenberg at uh, Alfa Romeo would be also amazing. He's very loved by the German fans too. So he's in general um, very loved by the fans. Um, very nice guy indeed. And after eight months out of the sport, he just jumped into the car. Um, he didn't knew about that, that he will participate in F1 weekend just 24 hours before. And he did such an incredible job, uh, especially at the second race, qualifying in P3, behind the Mercedes, even beating the Red Bulls. And then in the race, yeah, as you mentioned, very unlucky, but it was such an amazing job uh, Nico made there. And yeah, Mick could learn from him um, a lot. On the other hand, he could also learn from Kimi Raikkonen. Um, so yeah, I agree with you that at some point, Kimi surely has to move away to give younger talents um, a seat in F1. On the other hand, there we have also Fernando Alonso returning to the sport, um, which is exactly the same situation. And I think if Renault or Alpine chooses to get Alonso into their team, um, why shouldn't Kimi stay at Sauber? I mean, if Hulkenberg isn't close to switch to Sauber uh, or Alfa Romeo, I'm, on the other hand, he also had a very bad pass there. Um, it was more Sauber back then, but more or less the team stayed. So maybe he's more considering to switch to, to Haas, for example, or even to Red Bull, as Alex Albon is clearly struggling in that season. Um, but I personally think that Kimi would be the best um, teammate to Mick Schumacher. He knows his father. He knows Mick then. Mick can learn a lot from Kimi. And of course, Kimi is more of the silent guy and um, a very funny guy, although he doesn't want... To do, but I think um, that you clearly will continue to do his hobby 
um, how he sat next year. Um, also, because I can't imagine F1 without Kimi. Everyone said that they can't imagine F1 without Fernando uh, when Fernando left. But yeah, I cannot imagine Kimi being out of the sport, especially when I imagine or I look back to um, when I was younger and grew up. Kimi was like just a guy everyone started to love so quickly. And I also think that new people in into the sport, if they get to know the real Kimi Raikkonen, um, they would really love him. So in this fact, I'm kind of disagreeing with you. But Davide, what do you think? Next to Mick, um, will we see Kimi um, or is, is Snicker also a good point? Yeah, I think that Mick will... Uh, learn both from Raikkonen and Hulkenberg, but yeah, um, Raikkonen is uh, yeah, he's a very funny guy, of course, and I can agree with Will what with what he said before that uh, yeah, he has a fan base and they love they love him for what he says for what from what he does, but I would give a, ch- a chance to a younger driver or to Nick Hulkenberg because yeah, he's a good fighter for the midfield, and uh, why not if he has a, a a great car, he can also bring home a podium. Everyone will would love to see Hulkenberg on the podium, <laughs> and yeah, I I'd prefer to see Mick with uh, Nico Hulkenberg, and yeah, Raikkonen is a quite old man, so maybe he should leave Formula One for for, for the younger generation, for the new generation. Or we could just scrap Perez if he if the uh, the rumors about him going to IndyCar. I know that sounds harsh, but if the rumors of him going to IndyCar in McLaren, where he can actually challenge for some form of championship, obviously it's it's a fantastic and close championship that is IndyCar, McLaren, a very competent team partnered up. I believe it's Arrows there as well. So maybe if Hulkenberg went to Haas and Raikkonen stayed out for a mail, I think that would make everyone happy, to be honest. Yes, indeed. And I think Sergio, um, the only option you would take into account would be a switch to Red Bull because anything else would be a step back. And um, yeah, I think he's in the age where he can still experience other series. And as you've mentioned, IndyCar, um, he could have a chance uh, to be very competitive there. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see him going to Haas. And yeah, as you've mentioned, Hulk to Haas, Kimi staying at Alpha, everyone would be happy with that. And also another key point which just uh, ran into my head is if Mick wants to improve at Formula 1 and be like kind of the outstanding driver, I think he wants to get like kind of the Max Verstappen move and a less competitive teammate than one who could really fight him. And I don't doubt that Kimi is an incredible driver. He is a really incredible driver and has amazing pace. Um, But kind of also next to Sebastian Vettel, he was a clear number two driver. And if you can probably see uh, him being a number two next to Mick Schumacher as well, that would be the best thing uh, which could happen to Mick. He would have gotten a teammate, which is incredibly experienced. Um, Also not too... Yeah... He's also a bit shy uh, on the media of Kimi or actually doesn't want to, to talk a lot. So he's also easy to get along with. Uh, so no tensions could grow up there. And for uh, Nico, I can imagine that Nico is kind of, let's say, too good to partner up Mick. And uh, of course, Mick would learn from him. But I can also see um, very much of, of critics coming up if Mick would have would be beaten by, by Hulkenberg in the end. Yeah, speaking of... Paris, uh, I think he will leave Formula One at the end of this year and maybe 
take a year a year off, maybe try um, IndyCar or something new like uh, Fernando did. Fernando did, and maybe we'll come back with the new regulations maybe uh, in twenty twenty two or or twenty twenty three. It's yeah, we will see, but I don't think we will see Paris on the grid for for the next year. I think yeah, I think uh, we've probably offended every single Formula One fan under the sun with those comments, that little debate we just had. I think obviously the Kimi fans are now offended. Sergio Perez fans uh, are going to be rallying, saying that uh, he should stay in the sport. But at the end of the day, we're all entitled to our own opinions and, and we've just given ours. But I think the, the fundamental ideas of that conversation is definitely Mick Schumacher is a must in Formula One. He's a massive pool of talent. He's a massive pool of marketing. And well, he he's Mick Schumacher, really. And obviously, Callum Eilert and Mick Schumacher are both going to be testing in Germany, I believe, with Robert Schwartzman coming in at Abu Dhabi. So I haven't actually, David, I haven't actually heard those comments from Gunther Steiner. Can you just like go further on that? Yeah, um, Gunther Steiner, of course, spoke really well about um, the Ferrari Junior's driver. Of course, they're doing they're doing very well in in Formula Two. They uh, they they need to to try the Formula One cars because they need to be ready for for next year if they will step up to Formula One. And yeah, Günther Steiner, um, I think his uh, the, the the situation at us, as we said before, it's it's difficult. Uh, also with the drivers, as we've seen, uh, Günther Steiner, uh, the, the relationship between them. It's not always been that good, so maybe changing something in the team, particularly for the driver, will also help uh, Gunther Steiner as, as as well. What what do you guys think, Max? What's your opinion about that? Um. So yeah, as I've mentioned before, Haas uh, is kind of not in the best shape. Um, I also think that they are likely to just drop both drivers. It has been too many years, in my opinion, which they kept uh, in which they kept. Magnussen and Grosjean in their team. Uh, at some point, they also began to wrestle each other, which was clearly not the best thing. Günther wasn't happy at all as well. Um, I think that Haas could kind of shape into, uh, let's say, test team, that they are like there to, to give the young drivers a chance to try to get back uh, to the pace they once had, especially at the very beginning of the team, where they did an amazing result. I think they finished sixth uh, at Australia back then. Um, yeah, this could be a really great chance also for the drivers. Günther Steiner could possibly be also more chilled uh, in the end and Haas could get back to, to better days. Um, they have nothing to lose and as they've signed the Concord Agreement, they are kind of safe in Formula 1 in the future. So yeah, why not kind of using them as a tryout team? I think obviously Haas as well, they want to strengthen those connections with Ferrari that they've got. Obviously, they've already got a massive connection with that team, but with as as large a regulation change-up as this is going to be, Haas are certainly going to need a lot more help in terms of their car development. Obviously, their, their chassis, I believe, designed by Delara, um, so they're not as much of an in-house team as, as many people would want, but they're doing it, and they're doing it well. If you look at seasons like 2018 and the beginning of 2019, obviously before the tyre issues and rich energy started to come to fruition. But obviously, just just talking about, uh, obviously, 
Eilat and Schumacher both debuting in Formula One. They'll be doing it at the Eiffel Grand Prix. What are your guys' predictions for Nürburgring? Is it going to be a good race? Obviously, Max, uh, you live, I think it's, what, 20 minutes away from Nürburgring, something like that? You're quite close to it. So are you going to be spying in on the track? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm close to it, but not 20 minutes. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, the Nürburgring is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's in the middle of the Eiffel, which uh, is like a combination of mountains. So everyone living there is like living at the very end of the world, uh, really. Um, I'm sadly not attending the Grand Prix because I honestly have to say that the prices for the tickets are, are very much high. Uh, I think 200 euros for, for a bad place around the track. Um, it's also not the Nordschleife, it's the GP circuit, so it, I think it would be better for me to see it uh, from TV. Um, of course, my holidays would start then too, but I think I will uh, find a nice place in my room, just chill and, and watch the race there. Um, which is interesting for the race in particular is that um, yeah, the conditions around these times in Germany uh, in terms of the weather are just crazy. Uh, it could be cold, it could be warm. Uh, today it also looked like a sunny day. It started to rain, um, and I'm not I'm not that far off. And the Eiffel is a very very much of a spectacle when it comes to weather. Uh, also, if we look at the 24 hours, um, I think last year was the only race for a long time where we had no rain. Um, and I also think that we haven't even had a, a rainy race this year. Uh, I predict that we will have one at the Nurburgring if the German weather isn't letting me down once or. Actually, it is every time when I don't want. But um, yeah, I hope for a rainy race and then everything can happen. We don't know how good Mercedes is in the rain in terms of the race. Uh, we had one rainy tr um, qualifying session back then at Styria. Lewis Hamilton dominating, but also Carlos Sainz wasn't too much of the pace. Let's just wait and see. Uh, weather can be a big factor, but as you cannot really predict the weather, uh, that great, especially in that region. Uh, I don't want to make that much of bold predictions. But Davide, uh, do you have the balls to make them? And do you also hope for a rainy race around the Nürburgring and, and the Eiffel? Yeah, of course, I hope for a rainy race. We didn't see uh, one this year, so it would be very interesting. And yeah, um, the track is, uh, is new for this, uh, for this car, so I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And yeah, uh, yeah. What do you guys think? Will we see a spectacular race with a lot of overtakes, uh, or will it be just another boring race, uh, as we've seen in Russia, for example? Will, what do you think? Essentially, I think it's going to be a good race. I hope it's going to be a good race. At least it will be a bit embarrassing for all the hype around Nurburgring heading back there, and it's going to probably going to be the most boring race of the season, knowing our luck. But all considering, I think it will probably be a Mercedes one too. Obviously, uh, Nürburgring has quite a lot of fast corners. It's got quite a few straights, if my memory serves me correctly. However, I'm hoping, uh, keeping my fingers crossed, that there's some form of curveball thrown in, like the weather. Uh, a chaotic race might be awaiting us, but I think it will be Valtteri Bottas taking first, Lewis Hamilton in second. And I'm going to go with a little bit of a odd prediction. I'm actually going to say that Sergio Perez is going to take his first podium of the season. And I don't know why, but I just feel that, that racing point is going to be really strong uh, at, today's, uh, at the weekend's race. And I feel that Lance Stroll, for whatever reason, isn't going to be as fast as Sergio Perez. Max, what about you? Um, 
I agree with you that Lance Stroll won't be that quick. Uh, he had a very strong start to the season, but in the last rounds, he's really lacking of look and uh, performance, doing some mistakes as well. Um, yeah, unlucky DNFs he had at Magella in Russia, but I think uh, that the Nürburgring won't be such an outstanding race for the Canadian. Um, I had that feeling with Paris scoring the podium uh, before Russia, actually, and it completely got wrong, so I'm not going to do that again. Um, but I'm totally with you. It, if it will stay dry, we will likely see uh, a Mercedes 1-2, um, which I think is the safest prediction of all, but you never know, especially in the season, which is just uh, moving up and down side to side like a roller coaster. Um, so, yeah, let's just see. Uh, and if it rains, maybe I can do some bold predictions, uh, thinking that Verstappen will win there. Um, very, very good driver in the rain. We saw that in Brazil in 2016. Amazing moves he made there. And behind him, probably one Mercedes on the podium. Um, I don't want to decide in, uh, if in P2 or P3. But uh, I also hope for a midfield team. Um, so, yeah, why not Daniel Ricciardo uh, in P3? I think he finally will get that podium. Strong pace uh, at Russia. Uh, after the penalty especially strong pace at Mugello so Danny Rick get it and get uh, Cyril Abbott build your team principal a nice tattoo yeah um, I agree with you guys that if we'll see a dry race Mercedes will score a 1-2 finish but I think that Hamilton will score his 91st win he will uh, equally Michael Schumacher uh, right in Germany and yeah, Bottas will just finish P2 and Verstappen P3. But if it will rain, maybe we'll see Paris or Ricardo. I don't, I can't choose actually on the podium. I hope for Daniel because you know, Renault with Haas, Alfa Romeo, and Williams is the only team, I guess, without a podium this year. So it would be amazing for them. They're doing very well. Uh, they're working so hard and they really deserved it. And I can't really wait to see the tattoo. Um, on the skin of uh, Serial Abitable and yeah, I hope for Daniel on the podium but I also hope for a crazy weather uh, for the for the Eiffel Grand Prix Well, I think that's that's, that's certainly a good idea in, in terms of we all, we all agree that it's going to be a Mercedes 1-2 if it's dry uh, I think my, my curveball prediction would certainly be that George Russell is going to score his first points. I know that's probably not going to happen, but I can dream. Uh, Max, is, is there any bold predictions you'd like to make in terms of uh, any odd things that will happen? Yeah, bold predictions are always fun to make. Uh, they can go either completely right or completely wrong. Mostly the second part. Um, so, yeah, George Russell scoring his first point. I just imagine it right now. That would be incredible. Um, but I think that maybe my bold prediction would be that Ferrari will kind of shine uh, at Germany. Uh, Sebastian Vettel was shining there last year uh, after he wasn't a year before. Uh, actually, he was, but just not until the end. Um, so yeah, a track uh, that wasn't in F1 for long, but a track that he knows as one of the only ones as the tracks uh, as, as the grid is very, very young. So possibly Sebastian Battle could like get the, the spirit of his home race, um, get his car onto the grid um, in a good shape and maybe just go for, for a surprising good result and show everybody that he still is a good driver after all the tough moments he had in that season. 
Yeah, I agree with you, Max. I think that uh, Vettel will will um, perform well. I think they will that Ferrari will bring uh, maybe a new floor, I guess. So it will it will help. It will help. And yeah, his home Grand Prix, uh, he needs to to do very well, uh, like he did maybe in in Spain, where he drove a, a beautiful race. And he, he needs that, you know, you know, to 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 score points and to have a great race. And I don't know about Russell. Maybe we'll score points, but I think we will have to wait until maybe Imola for for him to score in points. But only time will will tell us what will happen. Well, I think that's it from all of us now. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in to the first episode of the One Stop Strategy Podcast. Powered by ASN Motorsports. Remember to check out all of our social media and all the rest. And remember also to tune in next time. This is going to be a full season and we will be coming back to you when we review the Eiffel Grand Prix in the couple weeks' time. Thank you very much for listening. And I'm Will. Goodbye. <laughs>